word on veganism, debunking, dispelling, and discussing all things related to the vegan way of life. A word on veganism. Welcome to another episode of A Word on Veganism. I'm Andy Levy. We've spoken about veganism from a dietary perspective on a previous episode where the focus was on the nutritional and hormonal aspects relating to following a completely plant-based diet. The popularity of veganism has taken the world by storm, so much so that the publication The Economist has officially declared 2019 to be the year of the vegan. While there isn't much data on South African veganism, we do have Google Trends statistics that were released in May 2019. And those show that South Africa ranks in 23rd place worldwide where veganism is most popular. And it is the only African country with a sizable vegan following. There is, however, still a bit of disagreement when it comes to defining who exactly gets to call themselves vegan. You can be a dietary-only vegan and still wear leather or fur, but then that definition can become diluted and confusing. It's for this reason that some have preferred to rather refer to dietary-only vegans as plant-based eaters. I asked Taryn Mansfield, a representative from the South African Vegan Society, to elaborate. So when you're looking at just diet alone, yeah, people can do what they want. They can eat a plant-based diet and still use animal products, but then they're not vegan. Veganism is an ethical lifestyle, as we've mentioned. The thing is, it's not so much just about like personal choice or preference or, you know, I want this leather item or I want this whatever product because those choices have victims on the other end of that decision. So there's an ethical consideration. You know, things are only a personal choice when it doesn't affect anyone else. So when you say, for example, I want to wear a leather jacket because it's warm, an animal had to die for that. So you have to take that into consideration as well. There are huge environmental impacts as well. And I agree that, you know, you can call yourself vegan and still use non-vegan products that you purchased before going vegan. Because I think for a lot of people, you become a lot more aware of other ethical, environmental and other social justice issues once you go vegan. So you start to consider things like overconsumption, plastic use, things like that. So I don't see anything wrong with using what you've already got for the sake of the environment until you need to replace it. Investigations show that there are grave implications ranging from climate change, water usage, waste, land usage, fisheries, as well as deforestation. Statistics show 51% of global greenhouse gas emissions come from the animal agriculture industry. That is because of livestock and their byproducts. When it comes to water usage, one hamburger amounts to 660 gallons of water. That is a stat coming out of the USA. 55% of overall water usage is used in the animal agriculture industry, with the meat and dairy industries using a third of the Earth's water reserves. Every minute, 7 million pounds of excrement are produced by cattle raised for food in the USA. 90 tons of fish are pulled from the millions of oceans each year, and three quarters of the world's fisheries are also subsequently exploited. Animal agriculture is the leading cause of species extinction, water pollution, habitat destruction, and oceans' dead zones. I spoke to Taryn Mansfield, a representative from the SA Vegan Society, about this. 
It's one of the leading causes of rainforest destruction, which obviously has a massive impact on the planet. Um, and in terms of water use, about a third of the world's water, fresh water, is used for animal agriculture. So if you think of the Beyond Burger, for example, versus a normal, well, I say normal, beef kind yes, of burger. Yes, meat burger. You know, to produce one beef burger, you, it uses as much water as showering for three months straight. Yeah. So it's just an environmental disaster. Yeah, and you, you also need to remember that a lot of that water and land comes from raising crops to feed those animals. So it's such a, an issue of social justice and environmental justice as well as an ethical issue because... You know, we've got more than enough food to, f to feed the whole planet, but there are a billion people going hungry every day. Why is that? And it's because the majority of crops grown, which could be fed to humans, are fed to animals so that the wealthy few can eat animal products while other people go hungry. That's also where a lot of the water use is coming in, is growing and feeding animals exponentially greater amounts of crops than humans would eat. Over the past few years, and particularly in recent months, franchise supermarkets in South Africa have been populating shelves with vegan alternatives to conventional food items. Embracing alternative plant-based products is regarded as making good business sense. Vegan burger maker Beyond Meat Inc., which counts founder Bill Gates and Leonardo DiCaprio amongst its investors, has the increasingly popular Beyond Burger. The Beyond Burger is the first plant-based burger that looks, cooks and satisfies like beef without the gluten, without soy, or GMOs. The burger is made from a rather interesting mix of ingredients, and those include pea protein and beetroot, which is used as a coloring agent to give it a juicy red look. The Beyond Burger is steadily climbing in popularity, and Infinite Foods distribute the burgers to over 150 restaurants in South Africa and Botswana. I believe that the Beyond Burger is so incredibly popular with non-vegans and people who are starting to become interested because of how realistic it is. They, at no point in their meal, once they're having that nice big juicy burger, they're not missing out on anything in, in their mind. There's no satisfaction that they're lacking, there's no taste that's missing. Every aspect of food that you love so much is there in that burger, minus the real meat. So because of that, that level of distinction that's now been achieved, which hasn't before now, the popularity is just booming. People finally are seeing it's not just a traditional veggie burger that flies out the side of your burger when you try and eat it, and you can see the peas and the carrots and the potatoes. And those are still there and those will always be loved, but mm -hmm. these new products are coming in more to show people that it can actually be done. Essentially what they did when they started with this is they studied meat to a molecular level. They wanted to know not just what is meat, they wanted to know what makes it taste like the way it does, move mm -hmm. the way it does, cook, they wanted to understand it in every way they could. And they spent about six or seven years with, I think, plus minus 50 PhD candidates in a little room just saying, figure this out. They used this really fancy device called a chemical nose that essentially smelled the meat down to a molecular level. And they were able to see not just how meat was built, but also how it handled when it was cooked or chewed, etc. And they found the closest possible replacements they can in the plant kingdom and put all that together in as realistic a product as possible. What's just been released in the States is a version 2.0, mm. which is landing very soon here in South Africa. It's got mung bean protein, it's got pea protein, it's got brown rice protein, so it's a really nice complete protein, which is great. So it's even healthier for the body than it was before. Um, it's got coconut oil in there for the nice healthy fats and the beetroot juice again, which brings all those lovely minerals and vitamins in it. And it's just overall so many different aspects of the plant kingdom that all bring in those healthy attributes that they have. 
However, a vegan diet that relies heavily on faux meat substitutes can prove to be more expensive. For example, some of the most popular vegan alternatives such as almond milk, dairy-free cheese, vegan burgers or even soy yogurt can be substantially more expensive than their animal product containing counterparts. It can be an expensive lifestyle. However, so can a traditional carnivore lifestyle of eating meat, chicken and fish whenever you want. For example, you're not going to go out every day and eat a Kobe beef beef slider. That's really expensive and it's going to break the bank. That's kind of where something like the Beyond Burger is sitting right now. It's a premium product for sure. For those who can readily afford it, they happily do. Others, it's a bit out of the price range for now. But it will, as volume and demand increases, price will come down and it'll become more accessible. But I say it can be expensive because it can just as easily be very, very affordable of, of a lifestyle. I know that personally, my wife and I, our grocery budget has shrunk over the years. Um, and we have fresh fruit and veggies that last weeks and cost us a fraction of the cost that they used to. Yeah, and I think um, it's also important to note that a lot of the animal agriculture industries are subsidized. So we're not really looking at the real cost of those food products. I say food in air quotes because they're not really food. But um, we're, we're not looking at the full cost. If you take away those subsidies, those real expenses would skyrocket. You're also not looking at the environmental cost. You're not looking at the healthcare costs down the line. Animal product consumption affects so many of the leading causes of death. It, it contributes to rates of cancer, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, all of those things, which are putting a lot of pressure on the healthcare system. So if you really take into account the full and true costs, veganism is definitely cheaper, even as is. And to echo Kevin's sentiments, you know, it is what you make it. Just like any kind of diet, you can choose the expensive stuff or you can choose the more budget-friendly beans and rice kind of diets. Potatoes are really good for you as well, pretty cheap. Like I said, the, the health costs, the environmental costs, we can't just ignore that in terms of the direct product purchases. But also, let's be honest that there are, um, you know, junk food-esque foods within the vegan community as well. So if you're going to go to the shops and solely rely on X brand who make faux sausages, you need to be aware of what's in that. Sometimes it's not just potatoes, sweet potatoes, peas, but there are you know, bad vegan foods as well, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. So vegan isn't synonymous with healthy. It can be just as unhealthy as any other diet in the world. It really, again, depends what you're looking for and how aware you are of what's going into what you're eating. And as you've mentioned, a lot of the faux meat products, they are processed. There's no way around it. There's people who whose bodies don't like that kind of stuff. There's people who, once they become aware of it, they want to avoid it. And there's other people who don't mind and they love it. So again, if you're the kind of person who would rather steer away from it, there's still many, many choices that are really healthy and really affordable. According to Infinite Foods, studies show that it takes about 8 kilograms of grain to produce 1 kilogram of beef. 4 kilograms of grain to produce 1 kilogram of pork and about 2.5 kilograms of grain to produce 1 kilogram of chicken. So whether you like to eat animal products or not, the fact is animals are just inefficient producers of protein. In Africa, a billion consumers eat $70 billion worth of milk and meat protein. So adopting plant-based protein would certainly be one of the key pillars of global food security. Well, I think to put it quite simply and bluntly, we are now in the midst of our sixth mass extinction and it is very much driven by human effects, 
predominantly animal agriculture. We are seeing over a hundred species of plants and animals go extinct every single day, predominantly because of animal agriculture. We are on the verge of environmental collapse. To put it quite bluntly, if we carry on the way that we're going, we're not going to have an environment to worry about. And we are pretty doomed in a nutshell. <laughs> That's about it. Sadly, I can't, there's nothing more to add to that that is it, it in a nutshell. Since as early as I can remember, I was born in the early 90s and mm. as much as I can remember, it's always been a case of we need to start making a change now or else it's going to get bad. Now we're at a situation where it's more we need to make a change now or else. There's no longer it's going to get bad because it already is and it's just going to get worse. So in 10 years time, I genuinely believe we're going to be in a very different scenario if we don't make a change now. I think we understand that veganism is a social justice movement. And Taryn, you were telling me a story about visiting an avatar and that changed your mind and made you more conscious of your lifestyle and essentially contributed to why you are a vegan. Well, actually, I was already vegan when I went, um, but it definitely reinforced the ethics of it and made me much angrier and more motivated to make change. But I think even when we're talking about environmental issues, we can't separate the ethics from it you know if you look up any kind of slaughterhouse footage or look up what happens to dairy cows or anything like that it's really really horrific and there's no getting around it it doesn't matter what kind of free range cage free welfare approved whatever label is on your food it means very very little for the individual animal no matter what marketing ploy is sold to you in terms of welfare standards at the end of the day those animals are getting a knife in the throat in the dairy industry, calves are separated from their mothers so that we can drink milk that we don't need. People are worried about estrogen and soy, which is actually phytoestrogen and it does nothing to you. People are drinking hormone-filled milk that's meant for a baby cow and then that cow gets killed or has the same fate as their mother, you know. The processes that are inflicted on these animals is just horrific. Chickens, for example, are now selectively bred to be, as they call it, slaughter-ready in six weeks. They're still babies, but they are fully grown. Their hearts are under strain, their bones are under strain. They get ammonia burns on their feet if they're housed in sheds because uh, the flooring doesn't get changed, you know. The process itself is so, so horrific that I don't think anyone could see what happens and actually ignore it. You can't. That said, even if you don't care about animals, even if you don't care about individual animal sentience or suffering or anything like that, there are, like we said, all the environmental issues, the animals going extinct, the wildlife. You know, most people feel like they have some kind of connection to wildlife and want to conserve nature and all of those things. But there is no way around the fact that it is an ethical and social justice disaster to support animal agriculture. There is no picking and choosing with what you want to be in support of or in against of. And it's everything is linked to everything else. And as, like for example, with dairy farmers can say they have all these fancy processes in place, etc. They free range this, free range that. They're out in the fields. But again, day-to-day -day operations come down to humans. You can, humans in and of themselves are individuals and they day-to-day -day affects them. They're not going to be able to do their job the exact same way every single day. And therefore, you cannot guarantee, first of all, you shouldn't be having to guarantee this because we shouldn't be using the animals in this way, but you can't guarantee that they will always be treated in the best way possible because you can never guarantee that the exact same person is going to be in the exact same condition handling that animal every single day. So as has often been said, shortcuts are taken, ammonia burns come very quickly in the chicken farms, and it's it, again, it's a result of ethics, it's a result of environmental impact, it's, it's health, it's just everything in one, and it's not a case of, I'm going to pick one subject and focus on that, it's a case of everything is connected to everything, and we need 
There needs to be people involved in all of it in the same room. And if I can just add to that as well, you know, some people think, oh, you know, why should I be concerned with veganism and animal rights when there are people who are suffering? Mm. And to that I would say, well, again, you know, a billion people going hungry every day when we have more than enough food. And when you're talking about things like ending the animal agriculture industry and people are worried about jobs. Think about what jobs you are talking about defending here. If you are concerned with humans only, slaughterhouse workers are completely traumatized by the work that they do. There's research to show that there are increased rates of domestic violence and substance abuse within animal agriculture industries. You know, If you were going to work every day to slaughter animals, you are going to be traumatized. You're going to take that anger and that that violence home. So if you only care about humans even, you should care about these issues because there are people involved in these industries that don't want to necessarily be there. A lot of these workers are exploited. They paid really low salaries for really dangerous work and they themselves get injured. And like I said, they have to desensitize themselves just to cope with the trauma that they're enduring every day. I just thought of the documentary Dominion specifically. Look, the, the, the whole point of this is to have a discussion and to be informative. We're not trying to convert people or stand on a soapbox and preach. So I think what's best is to also provide people with practical solutions as to how they can ultimately become vegan. Well, I think from my perspective, firstly, I wouldn't advocate for anything less than veganism. And that's not to say that I wouldn't support someone who is transitioning and not really sure of themselves but you know you would start with things like the Beyond Burger if you can have access to that and those kind of faux meats and transitions are always a good place to start. I would also suggest that if people are interested that they educate themselves. Don't take my word for it, don't take your word for it. Read up for yourself because it's not just a case of me trying to make a case or anyone trying to make a case but it's just fact. It's a really urgent issue that we're facing and these are just facts that we're sharing so don't don't take our word for it but read up on it educate yourself and then you know as you trying to transition you know some people do go vegan overnight for others it's a bit more difficult and that's fine but there's a lot of support there's a lot of online groups south african vegan society is more than happy to help even on the website there's environmental nutritional ethical all that information available Ask vegans as well on groups and whatever for help. They'll help you with what to buy, where you can get things. Also, don't be too hard on yourself. Not everyone can just throw out everything they have and be vegan the next day. When I went vegan, what I did was I would finish whatever product or food that I had. And when I needed to replace it, I would replace it with a vegan version. So that's a pretty good place to start. Yeah, essentially, it comes down to just really try to have support, genuine support and education. Because we can sit here as much as we want and tell you all these great facts and stories. But... If you yourself don't want to learn about it, then it's going to be really difficult to change. So you going out and doing your own research is really great. Definitely do that. Have a support system that believes in what you want to do. Don't necessarily surround yourself with people who are going to make fun of you for wanting to do it or because that's just going to put you off, especially when you're trying something new like being vegan. It's a big lifestyle change. Any little thing can really throw you off. So it's important, as was mentioned, don't be hard on yourself. Catch yourself some slack. It's some people can do it right away, some can't. It just depends on who you are and what kind of support you have around you, what you have access to. So just keep that in mind and don't don't set yourself up with a massive task that is going to then fail and kind of disappoint you and start that whole cycle from there. Start with small baby steps that are really easy to do. Like, for example, as opposed to completely cutting out meat, maybe just start to add a couple more vegetables because mm. you'll find that most people eat one or two kinds of vegetables and that's it. Before I went vegan, I only ate carrots and peas and that's about it. I hated pumpkin and sweet potato and now those are some of my favorite. 
So it really is just a case of go really slowly, take your time, don't don't be too hard on yourself, just go really gently. Data from the National Diet and Nutrition Survey suggests that UK children are not eating enough fibre. This may be linked to the finding that children are also not eating enough fruit and vegetables. So introducing vegan meal options at schools, including veganism in the curriculum, are just some of the ways in which environmental consciousness, sustainability and good nutrition can be amplified. On this episode of A Word on Veganism, veganism holistically, not only consuming a plant-based diet, but also the environmental awareness associated with veganism was the theme. What you eat has a great impact on the environment and a vegan lifestyle is the least harmful to the environment. On the next episode, we look at life as a vegan, including dealing with friends, family and work peers as well as how to monitor if it is working and what to do if you've not found the right balance. Thank you for listening to this podcast, A Word on Veganism. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review it on your favorite podcast app, lifepodcasts.fm.